Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 8. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. You see, these guys are so dirty, they dug deep to find out that Mary was pregnant before she was married. And the Talmud said Jesus Christ was the illegitimate son of Mary. So these Jewish leaders dug deep to find the dirt on Jesus. Sounds like today's politics, doesn't it? They could be on CNN today, couldn't they? So Jesus starts to talk about the father and they said, oh, where is your father? In verse 19, Jesus said, you don't know me or my father. If you had known me, you would know my father. In other words, I and the Father are so united that if you knew and loved either of us, you would know and love both of us. In verse 20, it seems like John takes a break and says, Jesus spoke these words in the treasury and no one laid hands on him. Look at verse 21, John chapter 8. Y'all still with me? Look at verse 21. If you're looking at verse 21, say amen. And then Jesus said to them again, come on, y'all read it with me. I am going away, and you will seek me and will die in your sin. Where I go, you cannot come. So the Jews said, will he kill himself? You know, these guys, they just don't get it. These guys, they just don't get it. You know, these guys are the textbook case of people, the natural mind does not understand the things of the Spirit. They have no idea what Jesus is talking about. Of course, he's smart, and he's got them all twisted up and perplexed, and they're asking crazy questions now. Whoa, well, uh, what do we say now? Well, oh, is he going to kill himself? Because he says, where I go, you cannot come. And look at verse 23. He said to them, you are from beneath and I am from above. Don't you love Jesus? He is firing both barrels at them. And can it be any more clear? You are from beneath. I am from above. They probably said beneath what? (laughs) Beneath, beneath, beneath hell, beneath hell down there. You are from beneath. I love Jesus. I love Jesus. You are from beneath. I am from above. Next time somebody say something to you crazy at Walmart. <laughs> I don't know why. I pick on Walmart. <laughs> I pick on Walmart. I just didn't pick on Walmart. If you work for Walmart, I love you. Somebody say something crazy at Walmart, you just say, you are from beneath. I just love that verse. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. Therefore, I said to you that you will die in your sins if you do not believe that I am ego me. 
I am Moses. Who shall I say sent me? Ego me. I am that I am has sent you. Same word. He is in italics just to help you understand it. If you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. And then they said to him, who are you? And Jesus said, I've been telling you who I was since we started this. Y'all don't listen. Just what I've been saying to you from the beginning. That's who I am. I have many things to say, Jesus says, and to judge concerning you. But he who sent me is true. And I speak to the world those things which I heard from him. And they did not understand that he spoke to them of the Father. And then Jesus said to them, when you lifted up the son of y'all coming with me when you lifted up the son of man then you will know that i am he and that i do nothing of myself but as my father taught me i speak these things and he who sent me is with me the father has not left me alone for i always do those things that please him and as come on read verse 30 with me and as he spoke these words many believed in him so jesus give me your attention spells it out what it means if you don't believe in him and you continue in your blindness jesus told them again i'm going to heaven and you will seek me and you will die in your sins. Where I go, you cannot come. Jesus knew he was going to heaven and he knew they were not. And in verse 22, they say, will he kill himself? Because he says, where I'm going, you cannot come. You got to understand, Jesus has been firing both barrels at these religious legalists. And we talk a lot about grace here at Calvary Chapel, don't we? And I don't know about you, but I love grace. Ain't nobody happy about it, obviously. I love grace. You want to love grace? For you are saved by grace through faith, and that is not of yourself. It's the gift of God, lest anybody boast. That ought to make you happy. Because you have nothing to do with it, and you are saved by grace. We talk a lot about grace, a lot about you know, grace, and a lot of preachers don't like to talk about grace. And the reason they don't like to talk about grace is because they say that, you know, they call it greasy grace. They call it, you ever heard that? Greasy grace. Greasy grace. Greasy grace means that, you know, they, that, that if you talk about grace, then, then people are going to take advantage of knowing God and loving God and walking with God. And you're going to teach them that God loves them and forgives them. So people are going to go out and sin because they're forgiven and all they got to do is come back and ask for forgiveness. So people going to go out and sin and just come back and ask for forgiveness. And that's why they don't teach grace. And they call it greasy grace because you just go out and sin and come back and go out and sin and come back. And they don't teach grace. When in fact, the opposite is true. If you teach grace and you properly teach people how much God loves them and what grace means to them and what grace cost Jesus. When you teach people properly what grace means, they don't want to go out and sin it up. They want to get closer to Jesus and love him more. Right? So we talk a lot about 
the grace of God here at Calvary Chapel, but as your friend, as your pastor, I need to also tell you that there is a tolerance to God's grace. Write it down. Read it in your own time. Amos chapter 8, verse 11 and 12. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread or thirst for water, but of hearing of the words of God, they shall wander from sea to sea and from north to east, and they shall run to and fro, seeking the word of the Lord, but shall not find it. The same is true of the gospel. I think of Proverbs chapter 1, verse 24 through 31. Because I have called you, called and you refused. I've stretched out my hand. And no one regarded because you disdained all my counsel and would have none of my rebuke. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock your terror when it comes. When your terror comes like a storm and your destruction comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, then they will call on me. But I will, what saints? Not answer. They will seek me diligently. But what? They will not find me because they hated knowledge. And they did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would have none of my counsel and despise my every rebuke. Therefore, they shall eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled to the full with their own fancies. In other words, the day of grace is ended and they are responsible and they will pay the consequences which they themselves have built. I heard a story of a prisoner who was instructed by the king to make a chain And every day he added another link, and finally they took him and bound him with the chain that he had made. And I thought about that, and I thought, you know, people who reject Christ are making their own chain. They're producing a life of disaster. Jesus says, my death is going to take me to heaven. Your death is going to take you to the ultimate darkness. In verse 21, we're going to come back to verse 21. Look at verse 23. You are from beneath. I am from above. You are from this world, and I am not from this world. And if you don't believe that I am, you are going to die in your sins. And this is why you ought to believe. Non-believer, listen to me. Backslider, listen to me. This is why you ought to believe in the light. Because if you don't, according to Jesus, you will die in your sins. And then in verse 25 and 26, Jesus says, I'm not done talking to you, but the next thing I have to say to you is going to be in judgment. Willful ignorance brings judgment. Unbelief brings judgment. Earthbound attitudes bring judgment. Verse 27, they didn't even understand. He spoke to them about God the Father. Now listen. Things are coming to a climax in verse 28. Jesus says, look at verse 28. When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will get it. Now, the lifting up of Jesus doesn't mean exalting him or worshiping him. Jesus is saying, you yourselves, watch this, you're going to love it. Jesus is saying, you yourselves are going to unwittingly and unknowingly help me finish being the light of the world. You're going to lift me up. You're going to crucify me. And when I'm crucified, my role as the saving, redeeming, and filling the world with light will be secure and I will shine forever. Verse 29, 
He that sent me is with me, and the Father has not left me alone. In other words, you're going to know the Father has sent me. You're going to know the Father has accredited me. You're going to know that all the claims that I made are true in that day when I'm lifted up because the result of the death is going to be the resurrection. And as he spoke these things in verse 30, many believed in him. Now, I told you we're going to come back to verse 21. Look at verse 21. I'm going to read it with you again. Then Jesus said to them again, I am going away and you will seek me and will die in your what saints? Sin. Where I go, you cannot come. Notice Jesus says you will die in your sin. Singular. Not sins, plural. Sin, Singular. Obviously, Jesus has one single sin in mind, one supreme sin, the one sin which will cause you to be separated from the Father forever. And can I tell you what it's not? It's not those who smoke and chew and go with girls who do. Amen. Write it down. It's not with those who smoke and chew and go with girls who do. It's not. That sin is the sin, the sin singular, are you following me? The sin of rejecting the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. That is the unpardonable sin. What are you talking about, Willis? Matthew chapter 12, verse 31 through 32 tells us just that. Therefore, I say to you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven men. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be what, saints? Forgiven him, but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, come on, read it, it will not be forgiven him either in this age or in the age to come. And you've heard me tell you in the past that heaven is filled with a lot of used to be's. Matter of fact, heaven is filled with everybody used to be in heaven. Bunch of used to be's in heaven. Used to be drug addicts. Used to be drug dealers. Used to be prostitutes are in heaven. Used to be crackheads are in heaven. Used to be people uh, 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 who, who, who were caught, women who were caught in an act of adultery. Adulterers used to be perverts of every description used to be in heaven. But can I get a witness? God is a forgiving God. And God even forgives, listen, the sin of rejecting Jesus. Did you hear me? That's shocking. We just read it in Matthew. God even forgives the sin of rejecting Jesus. How many of us are speaking a word against Jesus? How many of us in our BC, that would be before Christ days, spoke a word against Jesus and said something negative about Christianity or against Jesus? How many of us? Raise your hand. Tell the truth. Shame the devil. Some of y'all ain't telling the truth. I'm going to say it again. You didn't hear me. How many of y'all said something against God in any way before you got saved? Some of y'all refuse to tell the truth. (laughs) 
I think it's more. But we need to be honest. Before we became believers, we were all Christ's rejectors. So every sin, even speaking against Christ, will be forgiven. The only sin, singular, learn something, listen. The only sin, singular, that will not be forgiven is the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, not in this world or the world to come. Now listen, when God says something will never be forgiven, that means millions of ages from now, his verdict will stand like granite. The blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is the unpardonable sin. The unpardonable sin is the repeated refusal, determined, defiant, refusing to receive Christ. If you continue, listen, very important. If you continue to reject Christ, there will come a time where you can't receive Christ. Your heart will become so hard. And I don't care if you're 8 or 80, this is for you. Your heart will become so hard you won't be able to receive Christ. So the preacher gives an altar call and says, you want to receive Christ? And you go, no, 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 not now. I got a place to go, things to do. I'm too young. I got a party hardy. And I got 1999 to party. And <laughs> going backwards. And, and you just turn, you know, I don't know. I don't need to get saved right now. I got my, you know, me and my boys. We got stuff to do. But, and your heart gets hard. You get callousness over your heart. And then you hear a message again and callousness over your heart. And the preacher says, and that's why coming to church, I told you, is dangerous. Because every time you hear the gospel, you are accountable for that which you hear. That's why coming to church is dangerous. Now, I'm not trying to get you not to come. I'm get, trying to get you to come and receive Christ and keep you out of danger. Because I love you and I'm trying to help you. But coming to church is dangerous because when you hear the message and you don't respond, there's a callousness that goes over your heart. And then there comes a time where the preacher gives an altar call and says, if you want to receive Christ and you can't. Because the callousness and the hardness, that's what the Bible talks about when it says that God established Pharaoh in, in his heart, where, where God hardened Pharaoh's heart. What that means is God established Pharaoh in the position that Pharaoh chose. He refused Christ. He refused to submit to God. And God just allowed him to take up the position that he chose. He got to a point because he refused so often that he couldn't receive Christ. And you can get to the place where you cannot receive the Lord. And that's why Jesus, listen, that's why if you notice, if you're reading in John with us and you're paying half attention, you can get this, that things seem to be getting a little nasty. Things seem to be getting a little bit tougher. Jesus seems to be getting a little straighter and to the point with these Pharisees because their repeated rejection and seeking to trap him is getting serious for them. Are you with me? And that's why he's getting straighter and he's getting harder and he's telling them, I'm from above, you're from beneath. He didn't say that until eight chapters. Because now, their repeated rejection of him and arguing with him and I'm from heaven, no you're not. I'm from God, no you're not. 
God is my father. No, he's not. Joseph is your father. You are from Nazareth. No, I'm not. I'm from heaven. They keep arguing and trying to trap him on the horns of dilemma and contradiction, and it's getting serious. And Jesus is saying, stop it. Before you get to the place where you can't receive Christ, your heart is so hard, you can't receive the Lord. So when the gospel message goes out, you don't respond. That's why it's important when the Bible says, and I'm coming in for land, and I'm, I'm ending right here. When the Bible says, when, when, whenever you hear God knocking on your heart, open the door and let him in. I need the saints to say amen. <laughs> and let him in. Today is a day of salvation, not tomorrow. Just after second service today, preaching this very same sermon, a 17-year-old kid said to me that he hadn't made up his mind yet, that he was thinking about it. This was between services today. And I told him, that's unfortunate. Why is that unfortunate, Pastor Rodney? Because you don't know that you have tomorrow. You don't know what tomorrow holds. I'm waiting while you clap your hands. You don't know what tomorrow holds. What do you know? You don't know anything. You don't know anything. None of us know anything. Today is the day of salvation. If you hear God's voice, don't harden your heart. If you hear God knocking on your heart, if you've never received Jesus in this message, somehow, somewhere, during the message, you've been feeling like, oh, I need to really, you know, I need to make a decision. Choose ye this day whom you will serve. Will it be God or will it be man? If you've heard that, you need to respond. Because you don't know that tomorrow is not guaranteed you. And we just did the funeral here at Calvary Chapel for that young man that was just, just uh, had a, uh, was found. Remember that young man just about a couple, couple of two weeks ago, uh, 21 years old? He was found, and his parents were looking for him, and, and, and the police found him, and he was dead, and the, this place was packed. This place was overflowing with people. If you would have asked him the day before, did he think he would die that day, he would have told you, nope, didn't think that, didn't see that one coming. Life is but a vapor. You hear the day and gone tomorrow. And I told that young man today, I said, I tell you what, listen, I can talk you into salvation because if I can talk you into it, I can surely talk you out of it. So I'm not going to talk you into it. I will tell you this. That's unfortunate. And I would encourage you to rethink it. And maybe talk to your mother about it. She's a godly Christian woman, love the Lord, a beautiful woman in the Lord. I said, you talk to your mother about this a little bit later. I said, because what you're talking about right now don't make no sense. Now, have a nice day. That's just what I told him. Yes, I did. You know I don't play. I got another church service. And let me tell you something. Salvation, that's because... Because I realize salvation is not in Pastor Rodney's hands. It is not my job to make sure that you get saved. That's not my job. My job 
is to give you the word of God so you have the tools to rightly judge and rightly divide and decide what you want to do with your salvation. I'm going to heaven. I hope to see you there. That's what I'm doing, what I'm, what I'm called to do. You need to do your part. Jesus did his part. Don't you tell nobody that lie. No, no, don't you tell nobody that lie. Jesus did his part. You need to do yours. And your part is easy. He did the hard part. Your part is just saying, yes, Lord. Simple as that. How hard is that? God loves you. He loves you enough to die for you. And that's all he can do. You need to do your part. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.